This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's a solo edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert with you for... A tradition like no other. No, I'm not talking about the Masters, but shout out to Hideki Matsuyama for the Green Jacket victory. No, but I'm talking about the winners and losers of trade deadline day in in the NHL. And uh, what a lively NHL trade deadline it was. I mean, with all this talk about quarantine periods and cap strap clubs that can't really do anything Beyond, you know, money in, money out deals, we certainly saw a lot of action in the lead up to what was a busy queue at 3 p.m. for the NHL to deal with. Uh, And we're going to go down the winners and losers here on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. It is a solo venture, so, uh, you know, deal with me as I try and go through this by myself. Um, But, uh, you know, we'll we'll get back to the normal routine with Julian and guests next week because, uh, you know, it's a busy day for everyone in the NHL world and uh, sometimes you have to go it alone. But anyway, let's start with the winners and losers. And yeah, you might call me a homer a little bit, but uh, I think we have to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of winners. Let's go through the... Uh, all the all the action that uh, was going through the office of Kyle Dubas, adding Nick Foligno for a first-round pick and two-fourths, Riley Nash a little before the deadline for a sixth or a seventh-round pick. I think that's conditional. David Riddich comes in, the goaltender from the Calgary Flames, for a third-round pick, and Ben Hutton, a late one, uh, from the Anaheim Ducks for a fifth-round pick. Now, I-, I feel like there's a bit of an uneasy feeling for a lot of Leaf fans, because this is an unfamiliar position for this organization is to pour all these assets into a championship chase. But this is the situation that the Maple Leafs find themselves in. This is real. The Maple Leafs are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And when you are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, your window's open, you have players in their prime, you go for it. When you go for it, sometimes you have to give up an incredible amount. And they did for the four players they acquired But what they didn't do is give up a single top prospect in these flurries, within this flurry of acquisitions, rather. I mean, they kept Nick Robertson. They kept Rasmus Sandin, who could very well play a role in this playoff uh, for the Leafs because they've been incredibly healthy on the back end. And that's, you know, that's not going to last long or at least last forever. Uh, They kept Rodion Amirov, Nick Abruzizi. I hope I said that right. That's a tough one for me. Uh, Timothy Liljegren and Topi Namella. They all are still with the Leafs. All they gave up is draft picks. And 
the fact that they gave up a lot of draft picks, I mean, that's going to test their drafting ability moving forward here. But that's something that they've shown they're able to do to unearth prospects, to feed the system. They've done it before. It At this time last year, it was almost like they had nothing. They had nothing in the system. And then with a couple of moves here and there, you know, getting rid of Kapanen, making a couple, trading down a little bit, they, they found a way to, you know, to get the system, uh, you know, fixed up a little bit. And now it seems like they have one of the deeper prospect systems in the NHL. So I, I think they should feel confident in their ability to do that. And, and, and that's why I don't think they paid a huge price here. As long as you keep your guys that are going to be playing major roles, uh, potentially now and in the future, there should be no regrets on the part of Kyle Dubas, who made his team better, deeper, and more equipped to compete at the postseason. And this is even bigger, an even bigger win if they can activate Freddie Anderson in season with the money, uh, like if they can somehow make all that work. And I believe they will. Like It doesn't make any sense to me how they could add all these players and then be able to activate Freddie Anderson with no penalty. But Brendan Pridham knows what he's doing, certainly better than me. Um, so uh, you, you trust that this team has put themselves in the best position and that they're not going to cost themselves or make any major concessions, um, you know, this season and getting into the playoffs. If Freddie Anderson's available, I, I mean, it sounds like they're going to be able to bring him back, which which does sound pretty crazy to me, given uh, given how much activity there's been, the money that they've spent. They did a great job, obviously, spending more to get um, teams to – uh, retained salary has been very important in this stretch. Um, but if it all works out, I mean, I don't know how you can't hand very high grades to the Maple Leafs for, uh, you know, making their roster better before what could be a championship run. Next up, uh, the Boston Bruins and Taylor Hall, I think, are winners here. I mean, it's simple with the Boston Bruins. When you can pay next to nothing for an MVP or a former MVP, you do it every time. I don't know if Taylor Hall's that player anymore. In fact, I don't think he's that player anymore. And frankly, I'm pretty concerned about his comments saying he doesn't want to be the guy anymore. He didn't want to be the guy when he was choosing his team in the the offseason. Like, he seems like his confidence is shot. But where do you go to recoup confidence? You go to the Boston Bruins, where you don't have to be the guy anymore. You can sit back like David Krejci's done for years into that second line, chip in when you can, and lean on Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak to get it done. I mean, the Boston Bruins, obviously a built-in advantage here because it it certainly seems like Taylor Hall called his shot here. And Foresight wouldn't necessarily be considered Taylor Hall's thing ever. You know, signing with Buffalo, the decisions he's made leading up to this, this season, this ill-fated season. Uh, but what he did do with that contract is... Uh, Gave himself the ability to call his own shot here. And that's exactly what he did with the the move to the Boston Bruins. He put a huge squeeze on Buffalo, who simply had no choice to move him coming into this. And he put himself with a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I know they're only four points up in the East Division for that final playoff spot. But the Boston Bruins have, are capable of going on a run. And we know it. And this is a great fit for Taylor Hall, who makes a team that can win the Stanley Cup better. And he's in a better position for himself. Um, knowing that he doesn't have to be that guy. Again, that that lack of confidence kind of worries me. But I think he's in the best position to recoup his value and to actually compete, to be a player, to be a bit part, perhaps just a bit part on a winner. I mean, that's a huge opportunity for Taylor Hall. This is certainly um, the ideal situation for him. 
and maybe just the ideal situation for him as a player now. Like, I, maybe he just can't drive results like he used to. So fitting into that second-line role, not being an $8 million player, let's be honest. Not being an $8 million player. Because if you're going to be an $8 million player, you got you to gotta perform like one. You can't, you can't be sitting on two goals. Um, but I, I don't believe in curses. I don't think that Taylor Hall's presence is going to sink the, the Boston Bruins, who are, as I mentioned, not... Uh, a lock to make the postseason, um, but I, I just think this is a move you got to make when it's handed to you on a on a silver platter, like it was for Don Sweeney. But again, not wanting to be that guy. What he said in that uh, exposed brick apartment of his, kind of scary. Uh, next winner for me, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, basically, they're in sell mode. I mean, it wasn't a seller's market by any means. Uh, but you wouldn't know it based on what Yarmo Kekalainen and the Blue Jackets accomplished um, before the 3 p.m. deadline. They parted with two major assets. They stomached some salary on each. One of those assets was their captain. Uh, but what they had is two guys in David Savard and Nick Foligno that were highly, highly coveted by the two teams that were in you know the best position to really go for it in Tampa Bay and Toronto. Getting a first-round pick for each getting a first round pick for a player like David Savard and Nick Foligno, who are not Taylor Hall in terms of talent. Um, maybe in terms of impact, they are worth more. Um, but the fact that they were able to, they, they just found themselves in a fortuitous situation, I think, with having two players that one championship contender, the Tampa Bay Lightning, clearly needed a right shot guy and they got in David Savard. And then the Maple Leafs really sought after that character guy to play on their left side where there's a dearth themselves. Well, that, that's they have a dearth on that left side and, and they addressed it with Nick Foligno again not the most talented player but a guy that fits into their culture and what they're trying to build and not having to be that guy that's going to score goals and be relied on all the time to provide offense that's the guy for for the Maple Leafs that's the Hyman-like quality that's been so important maybe they have that in Nick Foligno as well and, and that's why they went out and got him but for the tip or for the Columbus Blue Jackets rather I mean you could you could say that the two single strongest returns on rental assets were for David Savard and Nick Foligno. Uh, and they drew a line in the sand here with their direction. They decided that they were they're they're starting on a rebuild here. And when you can add two first round picks in addition to two fourth rounders, you kickstart that rebuild. And that's why Yarmo Kekalainen deserves a lot of credit uh, for completing the deals with actually the last two teams that the the Blue Jackets have played in the. Uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, so again, two players that fit the needs of two really good teams, and that's a good spot to be in. Uh, and it, and I think those teams made it so that Kekalina would have been foolish not to pull the trigger, but full marks to the Blue Jackets for seizing the opportunity that was placed in front of them. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, let's get to the surprising one. Um, the big blockbuster at the deadline. No one saw this one coming. But I think both the Detroit Red Wings and Anthony Mantha are winners on this day. I mean, for Detroit, like, this is one of the most deliberate rebuilds ever. I mean, this is so slow, so methodical, uh, not rushed even in the slightest. And what does that do for a player like Anthony Mantha, six seasons into his NHL career? Like, can you really blame him for being unhappy? So I believe he's probably been pining for this move. Like we've talked about the behavior issues have sort of come up with him not being very happy. Why, why would he be happy with a team that's about to waste away his prime? And that's not that's not a bad thing if you're the Detroit Red Wings to be doing what they're doing. I, I think you trust in Steve Eiserman to do the right thing. And generally the right thing is to do this slowly. The Red Wings haven't recouped any assets yet that could actually allow them to be to start on their upswing. So if you're Anthony Mantha, you probably don't want to spend another five, six seasons waiting. And that would be, you know, more than a decade into his career, and you haven't accomplished anything. Now he goes to the Washington Capitals, and he's actually going to be able to showcase his talent on a good team, and a team that actually could, you know, challenge for the Stanley Cup. So on Washington's part, I see why they do it, and I see why the Detroit Red Wings would do it, obviously, because in return for Anthony Mantha, a player that does not jibe with their timeline, they took back Jacob, Jacob Vrana, or Jacob Vrana, who is a, you know, a comparable talent in terms of what they provided really recently, but I don't think it's a player that can, that can be as impactful for a great team as I think Anthony Mantha can be. So, okay, you bring back a pretty good player in Jacob Vrana. Uh, who can, you know, he's going to have to slug it out for a bit, but he's already won his Stanley Cup. So maybe it isn't as bad for him to go through some lumps over the next few seasons. But more importantly, they get a first round pick and a second round pick from the Washington Capitals. And those are the pieces that Detroit needs to get their rebuild going in earnest. I mean, we talked about the draft lottery, changes to the draft lottery. The Detroit Red Wings have been hurt by what's happened in the draft lottery recently they haven't got the player yet that's going to really get them going they haven't got the Austin Matthews or the Connor McDavid who can help them actually get back to the a point where they're making the playoffs every year so you get rid of Mantha you get players or picks that will turn into players that better suit your timeline and you get Jacob Vrana for the right now I think the Red Wings are a clear win here because you aren't going to see the best of Anthony Mantha when it matters most for you. And with everything that you've kind of heard, it's that it wasn't really a tenable situation between the two and they were kind of headed towards this. So the Red Wings win here for sure. Mantha, no, Mantha wins here for sure. He's going to be playing for a team that's first place right now in, in the NHL's East Division and competing for a Stanley Cup. This is exciting because we're going to see what Anthony Mantha is all about now with the Washington Cap Capitals. And he gets his chance to escape Detroit, to actually sniff the postseason. Uh, and he can sort of silence those questions maybe about his character and his drive. Because uh, he's now with a team that in itself is eager to prove themselves again on the big stage. So Mantha, 
Red Wings, winners, Capitals. I think we got to wait and see. Okay, let's go to the losers of NHL trade deadline 2021. And we got to start with the Buffalo Sabres. Unfortunately, it's always the Buffalo Sabres. Um, So they managed to pull off three deals, trading Eric Stahl a couple weeks ago, Brandon Montour a couple days ago, and Taylor Hall on Sunday night. uh, Pretty surprisingly uh, on the eve of deadline, surprisingly only because they didn't get a great return. But all told for those three assets, they got a second round pick, two third round picks, and a fifth round pick. And listen, I mean, Kevin Adams' hands were tied here. Uh, clearly with the Taylor Hall deal, his hands were tied. I'm sure there was many assets he would have liked to move. But only one of them was a premium asset. And Hall, as I mentioned before, seemed to call his shots with the Boston Bruins. But, you know, it is what it is now. They, they got what they got, four draft picks. Um, but it's hard to say that they've taken even a small step in the right direction after trading these three players for four draft picks. Because the fact of the matter is, they just gutted their scouting system. So, in the end, it, it, all you all you could muster from this disastrous season is recouping a small collection of lottery tickets that the team is now responsible for turning into impact performers down the road, and yet you have no one in your organization who can identify talent that is going to be used with these draft picks. It it is just a terrible situation. And the list of players that attracted larger returns, David Savard, one of them, Nick Foligno, one of them, Sam Bennett, one of them, all of them inferior players to Taylor Hall. uh, And they all attracted larger returns. Larger returns than anything the Sabres were able to push in the open market. Like, it is really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for the Buffalo Sabres, given what they were able to accomplish or how little they were able to accomplish in what was supposed to be a complete liquidation sale this season. They ended up only getting rid of a few assets. I guess they might have held on to a couple that, you know, might be able to help them down the road. Linus Allmark maybe being one of them. But you'd think Kevin Adams would have liked to do a lot more and certainly get a lot more than a second-round pick two-thirds, and a fifth that may or may not be just wasted because no one's actually in the rinks. I guess no one's in the rinks right now. But no one's no one's there to identify the talent for them. And it's, and it's just a complete disaster for this team. Uh, so, you know, the Buffalo Sabres are obvious losers at the trade deadline. Um, just two more on the loser front. You try to be a little bit more positive with these things. Um, but I have to place the loser label on the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, this was one of three teams last year that that didn't make a deal. One of three teams that stood pat in the lead-up to the trade deadline last year were the Winnipeg Jets, and maybe there was reason for it. Uh, I believe they were a ninth-place team, got into the play and lost to the Calgary Flames. I mean, that's sort of the, you know the middle ground that you somewhat get lost in and, it, and you don't necessarily want to spend too much when you're in that position. But that's not the position the Winnipeg Jets are in this season. They are a good team. They have one of the best forward groups in the NHL. 
They are only a few points back, six, I believe, of the Toronto Maple Leafs for top spot in the North Division. They are in the mix to go on a run. They'll be favored in their first round series, in all likelihood. They have a chance in their second round series. Sure. And then you're in the final four and you don't know what's going to happen. But you can kind of guess what's going to happen now that they didn't do a single thing other than acquire Jordy Ben. Yes, they addressed the actual issue that they have, which is defense, but they only, you know, it was half measures. A half measured approach to fixing their biggest issue, which is a blue line that is not nearly as good as their forward group. And now, now you risk that forward group getting one year older and still nothing, no tangible success really accomplished if you're the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, they yeah, they could surprise people. Maybe it's not a big issue. Maybe that back end is better than I think. But right now, they just don't look like they could measure up to the Maple Leafs. They look vulnerable in a series with the Edmonton Oilers because in all likelihood, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are going to get you if you don't have a good defensive core and you can't withstand an injury, that's for sure. So... You just wonder why Kevin Sheveldayoff is so reluctant to make moves at the deadline to be aggressive when he has the chance to make his team better. Yeah, he made a huge deal to get Pierre-Luc Dubois this year for Patrick Laine, but you know that was an exchange of two assets that were unhappy and two impact forwards that were unhappy. It doesn't change the chemical ba- imbalance that's with this team right now, which is the fact that they have a great forward group that's getting older and they don't have much on defense. And Jordy Ben, you know, maybe you'll get an inspired effort from him who's gotten out of Vancouver, and that's been a disaster itself this year. But I don't know. I, I just don't think that's enough if you're the Winnipeg Jets, and, and I think that's going to bite them in the butt. And unfortunately, we're sort of looking at the same old story where it's just them not quite getting over the hump. Uh, and I don't know. I, I just feel like Winnipeg had more to give in this uh, and more reason to go after it. This was the year you go after it. If you're the Winnipeg Jets, you have every reason, especially with the Maple Leafs loading up, to at least try to match wits with them. Maybe they were just going after a big player. Maybe once Matias Ekholm was taken off the board from, for Nashville because they got back into the fourth place in the Central, maybe that was it for the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe they realized if we're going to go out and get someone, it better be someone of that level. But, you know, other teams got creative. Washington Capitals got created. Maple Leafs got creative. Hell, the Vegas Golden Knights found a way to add when they've been reduced to 16 players, 17 players on occasion this year. Like, you just got to find a way to be a little bit more creative with your approach to improving your roster. This is like, we talked about slow builds with with uh, the Detroit Red Wings, rather. Like, this is just such a... this day is so it's got to be so frustrating for Jets fans this day because nothing ever happens the aggressiveness just isn't there from Shovel Day Off who you know uh, I mean I'd be frustrated if I was in that market for sure Uh, in the last loser I'm going with the Carolina Hurricanes who earned that distinction perhaps slightly unfairly I mean they didn't really do anything Uh, they did trade Hayden Fleury who was a you know, former top selection for Hockenpah of the Anaheim Ducks in a six-round pick, I guess. Like, if you're taking back the, um, 
the draft pick, then you're normally giving up the better player, which I'm sure they're doing in this case. So if anything, it seems they sub- subtracted a little bit. Maybe maybe Hockenpah has a little bit more to offer at this point in their careers, but right now it seems like a lateral move at best. And when you, an elite team, are making a lateral move at best, when the two teams you're competing for the right to play in the Final Four with, the right to, to win the division crown, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers are making moves to get better. I mean, the Lightning, already an elite team, a team that should be favored to win the Stanley Cup right now, um, shoring up their only weakness, which is a dearth left in the championship wake on the right side with David Savard, who we talked about at length earlier. Uh, I mean, they're loaded for bear. The Florida Panthers, meanwhile, they added Brandon Montour. They added Sam Bennett. They've added so many players over the last six months over Bill, uh, under Bill Zito's guidance. I mean, they're ready to go. Carolina is an elite team. No doubt about it. But the two teams that they're in, you know, a tooth and nail battle with for the division crown and will compete against when the Stanley Cup playoffs do roll around in a month's time got better and the Hurricanes did not. Uh, and when you're an elite team, but not a perfect team, uh, I think it deserves some criticism when you don't go out there and improve your team. Again, I mean, a lot of these deals before the deadline do not work out for teams. We know that it happens um, because only one team can win in the end. Uh, but I think you got to be in just this day, in this vacuum, the trade deadline, the Hurricanes didn't do anything and therefore have greater obstacles because the teams that they face will face uh, in the division, in the playoffs, got better over the last few days. So for that reason, the Hurricanes are losers on the 2021 NHL trade deadline. Um, obviously, there was a several more deals that, you know, should be analyzed as well. But I think after the Anthony Mantha trade, after the flurry from the Maple Leafs, Taylor Hall going to the Boston Bruins, uh, and the lack of activity from the Winnipeg Jets and the Carolina Hurricanes probably distilled exactly what happened on this day pretty well there. Um, as mentioned, Julie McKenzie will be back next Sunday. I will have another guest next week. Um, but we thought an emergency podcast for NHL trade deadline was appropriate. So we will leave it there. Uh, I don't think we have to recap the winners and losers because if you were listening and got this far, uh, you know, my thoughts on what happened on what was a very intriguing deadline and a better deadline than it was made out to be. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, poor Buffalo Sabres fans. It was not pretty, um, but it was pretty good for other teams. So we'll see how this this day affects what we see over the next four weeks and certainly in the playoffs, and we'll be there to break it down on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.